Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us here on the Recruitment Roundup podcast, which is brought to you by BMS Performance. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, BMS Performance is a specialist sales and marketing recruitment consultancy. For the last 30 years, we've been helping businesses across the UK recruit for vacancies at every level. How's it going, Sam? Hey, all, all good, good, Mike. All good, all good. How's everything with you? All good, all good. And we've just been reflecting, haven't we, before this on how mental these first two weeks back have been. Um, and yeah, I think we wanted to kick off the podcast, didn't we, just with a bit of an overview of the market for um, anyone listening, sales um, directors, hiring managers, internal recruitment teams, um, and any, any recruiters that also might be listen to, listening to this to give you an idea of sort of what we're seeing and then we wanted to move on and talk about as well what's holding companies back from recruiting in January based on our experiences so far um, because there's definitely some common themes yeah. coming through. Um, what's your take on these first two weeks back Sam? Oh Mike do you know what I I think it's an incredible time right now I've I just think it's been relentless in a in, in a in a positive way of course i just don't yeah. remember a january like it in terms of maybe my time in this in- industry and like working for bms i just think it's been you know um yeah non-stop it's been active uh, um both equally from a company side but equally on the other end from a, from a candidate perspective there's just been yeah lots of companies lots of confidence in the market lots of people yeah. looking for jobs um yeah it's just a it's, it's a it's a great time to be to, to to be operating shall we say with this pros yeah. and cons yeah totally pros and cons which we're gonna dip into i would say it's almost taken me by surprise yeah in the sense of how quickly the market yeah. has ramped up to a level that we've not seen for yeah. easily two years easily two years both on the, the job volume front yeah. um also on the candidate side as well um your special your, your speciality is um sales recruitment within the healthcare medical devices sector yeah. and that's just started with a bang hasn't it 100 percent. it's been so so encouraging and there's just lots of opportunity lots of companies looking for for talent right i just think coming into this side of the year i don't know maybe it's got you know something to do with us being you know three years out of the pandemic um also the confidence within the economy i think maybe with potentially with the like you know all that kind of stuff i think subconsciously it's just a time where lots of companies are looking at it and going 2024 we want to be aggressive you know um, we've got you know great plans you know be it new products or you know um restructures within you know the, the marketplace that we're operating in uh, yeah I, I, i've not seen anything like the medical uh, healthcare market um yeah has been buoyant uh, yeah to, to to say the least um with yeah lots of lots of companies looking for looking for talent and would you say that's a all levels of yeah, recruitment, so like your, your mid senior to your senior, yeah. like wherever you see yeah. the volumes. Yeah, no, I, it's literally at all levels. Um, you know, entry level. You know, this could be typical. You know, graduate roles looking yeah. for their first opportunity within sort of sales uh, within the marketplace. But that's right the way through. Um, you know, mid level, you know, account manager, territory manager stuff, um, clinical roles right the way through to, you know, a regional manager, a national manager level yeah. um, across and then 
right the way through to distribution manager, sales director, etc. It's been, um, yeah, everyone is, is yeah, on 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 the march for talent, and it doesn't show. Well, I'm not seeing any signs of it sort of slowing down. All the conversations that I've been no. having in the past two weeks are, yeah, um, you know, we we want to be recruiting and recruiting right now. Yeah, we've seen it's, it's a similar story across every yeah. vertical that we operate across. Um, and what we've we've seen as well is um, vacancies, yes, due to replacements, but an awful lot due to yeah. growth. And I think a lot of companies held back last year because it was fairly yeah. uncertain. We've come through two boom years post-COVID. But it does feel like um, there's a lot more confidence out there, um, yeah. which is positive for everyone. I often think recruiters are a great barometer for the economy, just generally yeah. speaking. Um, so, yeah, so it's been it's been mental busy. But on the candidate side, too, as yeah. always, you get an influx of candidates in yeah. January. But um, that has felt heavier as well so it's good news all round. i would say the, the market is um verging back on towards the candidate driven side um i'm sure you'd, you'd agree as well um yeah. and like you said um with a busy market on the candidate side and more jobs out there um there's pros and cons that so we wanted to come on today and talk about yeah. um what we've what we've seen and experiences that we can share as to why companies are, are, are struggling to recruit now we appreciate we're at the time of, of recording this we're about two and a half weeks back so some people might only be one and a half weeks back but um nevertheless hopefully some good in, insights to to share yeah so i think where we wanted to kick this off sam um was to talk about advert response and the fact yeah. we're seeing sheer volumes of it yeah. coming through yeah. um so i'll let you lead on 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 that point because that was something yeah. that you wanted to get stuck into 100% Mike, it's advert response is absolutely crazy to say the least at this time and um, and this is, you know, we're seeing it with on the back of the adverts that we advertise but also a lot of the companies that we're speaking to, um, there has just been an influx of, you know, loads of candidates applying for roles um, and ultimately that's then meaning, you know, from, from a company point of view that there is that, you know, sense of confidence that, you know, seen the right person that we might be looking for potentially on paper um but then you know by the time that they are potentially speaking to said candidate based on again the the, the market um, conditions um you know said candidate might be gone so we are seeing an influx of you know of cvs coming through um on a consistent basis um and yeah it's it's definitely got its pros and pros and cons yeah what are um some of the cons as far as you're concerned in this, if you're a, a direct a direct um, employer, let's just say now, when you're recruiting for yeah. a BDM vacancy, you've got a load yeah. of advert response coming yeah. through. Um, you might be sat there thinking, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. I've got 50 CVs yeah. you know, on my desk. Quick glance at them. Some of them look all right. What can some of the cons be of that? Yeah. yeah um, in terms of the cons, Mike, it's, it's when I think about seeing loads of advert response, challenge number one is ultimately time. You know, it's the time to work through these adverts, speak to the amount of people, find out whereabouts they're up to within their different recruitment processes. So that all is that resourcing from a time point of view. The point number two is it's just that creates a false sense of confidence. It's uh, mm. that's the you know potential false economy, right? And are you seeing all these different people? If I'm a sales manager, sales director, or you know talent, um, anyone working within the recruitment process. It's kind of like fool's gold, you know, where you are thinking, yes, 
got 50 different applicants coming for a role. You know, a few of these guys look real, guys and girls look good for our mm. opportunity um but then you know when that then boils down to it you know there's a higher chance of potentially missing out on these people because of you know this the false sense of economy within these people and whereabouts they're up to in their process yeah because um well again there's more opportunities in the market so yeah people are going to have more yeah. going on yeah. so what does that mean well yeah. you might be able to recruit a higher caliber sales professional from the active market, but you've got to be quick. You've got so to be complacent. Saying, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, what we're saying here is, you know, if I'm sat there on, on 50 CVs and I'm thinking, oh, these look good, I'll get yeah. down to speaking to them later on in the week. Yeah. You know, practical advice tip would be to get onto it straight away. You know, get a good yeah. CV coming through yeah. at this moment in time. Yes, yeah. you're going to be dealing with loads of advert response. Call the candidate. That'll be a novel approach. I guarantee yeah. the majority of candidates that are applying directly will be getting emails. That email falls into the junk, ring the yeah. candidate, assess them, get them booked in and move quickly. Because yeah. I think a lot of companies think we've got loads of adverts, uh, loads of applications coming through. Yeah. We're all good. We don't need help. We've yeah. got, you know, the we, we've got the best candidate in this bunch, which you know, you're only seeing the best that's applied to the advert, not necessarily the very best person on the market at the time you're recruiting. Yeah. Um, but the key is speed, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's where it can lead to a false sense of, of confidence and it can yeah. make you sit there and think, hey, I've got a good, good, good amount of people here. We'll, get, we'll, we'll speak yeah. to them later on this week. Yes. By the time you've spoken to them, week. they've already yeah. got two, three interviews. Yeah. They're at a second stage. They're bought into another company because they've met them and you, know, you lose out on that, on that person um, because you know, we were too slow in yeah. following up on that application that came through. Yeah, anything you'd add on that point to underline it? No, I think that's it, Mike. I think you've summarized yeah. it really well. Um, it's just that that sense of complacency that can creep up, um, you know, within that recruitment process. It's just that sense of, you know, oh, they're, they're coming through, there's loads. I've seen, you know, 10 people that look really good. Tell you what, you know, we'll go through these ad response next week. We'll start calling them next week or the week after that. And, yeah. you know, in this market, when I'm speaking about, you know, just how competitive it is, you've got to be on it. And if you're not, you're going to miss out. And no one wants to miss. You want to make yeah. sure that you recruit the role with the right person. Moving on to interview processes. Um, something that we've seen here, um, especially which has surprised me, um, to be fair, these past few weeks back, has been um, a, a number of companies that have been very stern in the fact that we need to do first interviews face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Um, which has had a negative impact, um, 100%. Um, so I wanted to talk around that and around um, flexibility um, because, you know, again, if we've got candidates that have got four or five opportunities yeah. and, you know, the three of them are by Teams interview for the first stage and yeah. one is face-to-face, -face, then it, and we've spoken to um, hiring managers like this throughout our career that will say, well, if they want to, if, they, if they're really interested, They'll, they'll make the trip. They'll come and see us face to face. Um, and that's just not true, is it? Yeah, it's, it's not true, Mike. And this is such a, yeah, um, this is creeping up and it's creeping up. I think maybe it's because of you know, the fact that the pandemic's been out, you know, by a few years and we are starting to well, move. <laughs> so, sorry to cut in. Do you think as well it's because of companies um, pushing more face to face meetings now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think 
it, it could certainly be that in the sense of like right now, you know, companies are pushing more to be in front of, you know, um, their, their, their clients. You know, we are in time coming around to the start of the year. Um, you know, more and more people are pushing for those face-to-face meetings and opportunities to, you know, um, shake the hands and look at the Look yeah. at the whites of inside uh, someone's eyes, uh, going back to what it was like, which is great, you know. However, um, especially at first stage within recruitment, um, the market and the conditions just do not allow that, and they're not allowing it. And um, yeah, and if, and if we think about what this looks like in in real time, um, and you know, we're speaking about you know top candidates coming to the marketplace, and what does that look like, you know, due to how competitive it is. If I'm a candidate and if I've potentially got, you know, three to five opportunities in there and Mm. all these opportunities could be really great paying a similar salary, both great companies with, you know, excellent benefits and good culture. You know, there isn't a lot in that. But then when the interview process is then went in and then three to four of these businesses are saying, you know, you can meet us on teams, but then, you know, one or two of them are saying, you know, we need to meet you face to face and geographically speaking, kind of lives potentially three hours away from site. Yeah, what does yeah. that look like? And naturally humans will tend to pick the you know the the least part of resistance because of what's actually involved to make themselves available for the interview. And just on that point as well, the path of least resistance, because a, yeah. a lot of hiring managers will say again, just to um, go back and reiterate what I said earlier, well they don't want to come see us face to face and they're not yeah. that interested. Yeah. They're not taking the path of least resistance because they want to ordinarily they may love the opportunity and they're really keen to interview but the interview process in terms of a first age just isn't practical because you know they're they're, like you said they're in a full-time job they've also they've they've made the conscious decision that they want to leave that job and they want to um see what's out there in the market but their ability to be able to take a full day off in some instances Yeah. To go to an interview at short yeah. notice, they just can't do it. Yeah. And then they've exactly. got all these other companies yeah. that are um, prospecting yeah. them, coming to interview with us, they're getting approaches on LinkedIn. So um, th- there's always compromise to be yeah. to be made here. So I'd say for companies that um, I've found this to be a challenge, advice is to look at what you get out of that initial first stage interview how can you replicate it over teams yeah and then what can we then bring into a second stage which is yeah. going to be face to face to compensate for what we've not had in that first exactly. stage meeting um exactly. because once the candidate is brought in and we say this all the time don't we more often than not they're then happy to take that day off extra mile because yeah. Plan it yeah because they're bought into you because people yes they want to work for great companies but they're more bought into know the leaders that they want to work for so once they've got that buy-in and they've met you over teams they've understood about the culture you'll be able to get that face-to-face meeting them but i can think of four or five instances over the last few weeks whereby we've seen companies lose out on candidates um, yeah. because of inflexibility around interview yeah. processes so it's definitely a point worth talking about i think um yeah. What's next on your agenda? So, Mike, yeah, point number three for my agenda is definitely um, if you're working with a recruitment partner, just waiting for, you know, CVs um, before making that decision on feedback, 
yeah. interview times and dates, and then ultimately having a negative impact in terms of slowing down that recruitment process. So on the other end, it's, it's been that side, you know, when engaging with potential companies, working with a recruitment partner, it's that, you know, we're going to wait to see, you know, a short list of said amount of candidates before actively moving the process forward. So yeah. definitely seeing that creep up quite a bit. I don't know if I think you might agree with that one, Mike. Yeah, no, I do. I love yeah. this one. This is one we yeah. can get stuck into. <laughs> right, so let's paint the picture to be totally clear um, so people that are listening can understand what we mean. So as a recruitment partner, take the brief from the hiring manager or the person that's leading recruitment for that role. You go through the brief and typically you want to find out when they can interview. The reason that this is important to the recruitment partner is that if they're swamped in a sea of vacancies and all these vacancies are contingent vacancies, so no win, no fee, that means that the recruitment partner is taking on the risk because they can advertise the job, searches, put in the resource internally, which all has to be paid for with no guarantee of filling the role. But that's the game that we play when we work contingently. Um, however, by having interview dates, the, your recruitment partner well, then know when they need to focus on sourcing candidates for a role. If they haven't got interview dates, it becomes very difficult. And that's where your role can sometimes lose prioritization within, you know, the internal um, market that exists within your recruitment partner. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Good overview. Fair. Okay, cool. <laughs> so um, what we typically find is if we take a brief and this has happened in a couple of scenarios um, where a client will say, we need to see CVs before we can give interview dates. Um, what ordinarily happens there is we send the CV. This candidate is in process with other opportunities outside of whoever the recruitment partner is, um, with other recruitment partners or through their own methods. So once the CV has been sent, if there's then a delay, for two days, three days, four days, sometimes a week. Yeah. That dampens the candidate experience. And then when the recruiter goes back to the candidate and says, oh, great news, such and such companies come back, they'd like to interview you. Candidate, unfortunately, has got two second stage interviews. Yeah. Heads are in, are in those in those companies. They want to work for them businesses. They've also got a job that we're doing. So guess what they do? They just want to pause any more yeah. first interviews until they've seen these processes through. So the impact of not giving interview dates to your recruitment partner will mean that you miss out on the top talent. If your recruitment partner's got interview dates to work, so they can also agree a date with you as to when they can go through CVs. So having that process laid out clearly so that both parties can collaborate, agreed, and onto agreed sort of um, time scales, the process will be more fluid and we're less likely to lose people, even more important in this type of candidate voluminous, candidate driven market, I would say. Um, so yeah, anything you'd add to that, Sam, yeah. well, that's typically what, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing, isn't it? And that's advice yeah. that gives a any company working with a recruitment partner or even an in if you you know you, you you don't work with recruitment partners you've got an internal recruitment team or in-house recruiters um 
they'll still need the same level of commitment because yeah. if they're working yeah. on if they're carrying 80 90 jobs and across a huge range of disciplines they still need to know when to focus on your job excellent excellent mike uh, to be honest with you it's, it's very difficult for me to add on much value on top of that i think you summarized that really well and we then think about you know i'm thinking about what that impact is on a negative point of view, if we don't yeah. have that kind of commitment, um, you know, with, with, the, with the client that you're engaging with, you know, even if you work in-house within recruitment or as an external recruitment partner, it's all about what does that mean to that, you know, to you yeah. who's recruiting for the role, that leads to, you know, like you said, it is ultimately prioritizing the two opportunities that they have at second stage that, yeah. you know, they're got that warmer feeling about that they've been working on you know that have moved at a faster time but then ultimately it's then that it's delaying that time to hire it's then you know meaning that vacancy is going to be open for a longer amount of time whereas you know you've spoken to your recruitment partner you've spoken to your in-house recruiter they've understood the brief and the sense of what you are looking for and you know i, I imagine there's been that level of trust within that yeah. relationship and if you trust someone to do a job um in this market so why don't you trust yeah. that person to then see that process through so um, yeah. it then you know it, i think you've summarized it really well it's in partnership pro- isn't it yeah. working yeah. in partnership i think you know that is a signification of signal of working in partnership if we're saying yeah. right you understand the brief i trust you here's my diary for interviews yeah. even if you want to see these ccvs before yeah let's have a call let's book that time in yeah. um opposed to i think that environment where a company says i will not give you any of my time until yeah. i've at least seen a cv yeah. Yeah. that's very much you know you've got a parent and yeah. child model it's yeah. very much yeah. um you know you're the provider um to us you know yeah. it's, it's not yeah. partnership is it it's, it's quite, like, quite transactional yeah, yeah on a pedestal i'll give yeah. you this if you give me that rather than yeah. you've understood what we're looking for yeah. let's work together let's collaborate yeah. So that we can both achieve the mutually beneficial outcome, which is yeah. you know, filling the vacancy yeah. and then helping you retain that talent and you know, grow your team. Yeah. Cool. So Sam, if I'm a hiring manager and yeah. I'm recruiting directly for a vacancy, um, yeah. how would you advise me to find yeah. out if the candidate I'm considering making an offer to is open to accepting a counter offer? Yeah, Mike, it's a great question. Great question. And um, I think, you know, um, th- there's ways to really go about this. But then the key thing, the key thing in terms of really looking to understand, you know, a candidate's susceptibility to accepting a counter offer, I got those yeah. two out. Um, it's yeah. literally first to make sure that we've understood the candidate's motivations and reasons for wanting yeah. to leave, you know, really looking to understand why the candidate has come to market you know and what does that look like you know are they on the market because they're unhappy within their current position you know Uh, um are they on the market because they're feeling a bit demotivated you know and um are they in the market because they're looking for progression you know Uh, so these understanding that you know is, is, is key first following up on the back of that is it's looking to understand what has this person done to try and alleviate all these feelings that they have you know yeah. have they yeah, yeah, met yeah. with their manager have they asked the difficult questions have they asked you know could you know the company do to support them to ensure yeah. that you know this isn't an issue for them moving forward you know so yeah. you are directly asking that question completely 
appreciate that you're not happy with this. You know, what have you done to try and alleviate, yeah. you know, that? So it's asking that, yeah. that kind of question in a practical sense, listen to that answer, understand that answer, and, you know, being happy what response that you are given. But they, that needs to have happened as a process. They need to have really engaged and tried to, you know, get the answers that they're looking for for you to know that you know they're not going to be susceptible to a counter offer um and then on the top of that is then you know asking the questions asking a few direct you know um, not not as direct but you know some some few challenging questions that would paint that real picture you know to you um so it would be you know asking a question regarding you know um what could your current company um you know do to keep you you know mm. what's yeah. been the experience within when other people have resigned, you know, what has the business done to keep hold yeah, of that? Give you that indication. You know, so well, you're looking so for little indicators, little nudges, and if you're hearing that, you know, um, well, you know, when X resigned, um, you know, they they got counter So you know that that could happen. But if you're not hearing that, but also if you're hearing that, you know, what could they? You know, I really like that question. What could they do to keep you? And the response that is, oh well, if they do this and they do that, you know. Obviously not yeah. a good sign. They're, they're, they're yeah. probably not as committed. But if you're getting an answer which really paints a picture that, you know, there is absolutely nothing that they could do to keep me. You know, if I'm offered this role, I'm going to be accepting that, you know, you're more more times than often um, more times than onto onto a winner there. Yeah. And there's no one hundred percent guarantees as well, right? Yeah. Because we deal yeah. with people, people yeah. are unpredictable. Um yeah. but I think that advice you've given there yeah. is just yeah. golden. I really yeah. like um the idea of using the interview process yeah. to understand exactly what the candidate has done to try and solve the issues as to why yeah. they aren't happy. And you'll get from that, for example, if um, the candidate lives, I don't know, in Swindon yeah. and the company have decided to relocate the office to Nottingham, yeah. there's nothing the company can do to keep them. However, if the reason for leaving could be because they've had a change in the personal circumstances and they're finding the patch too big to cover now. Yeah. And that's the driver for moving. Yeah. And they've not had a conversation around trying to make the patch smaller. And yeah. that's potentially, potentially a counter offer risk because yeah. that is something the company can change to make that yeah. person's life Easy. easier. Yeah. So these are the sorts of, you know, just an example yeah. there of the sorts of things to consider yeah. looking out for. And I think that question there, what um, what could they offer you to, to keep you? Yeah. Great question. Tonality is key. Yeah. Absolutely key on that. Yeah. And it's how you deliver that with yeah. an empathetic yeah. tone to not put the candidate in an uncomfortable position because it is a challenging yeah. question. Yeah. Um, but it's an important one. To ask, um, I think yeah. another um, point off, off off the back of this, just to finish off on um, yeah. before we round up the podcast, and um, I know you've um, had some yeah. first-hand experience of this over the last yeah. few weeks. Yeah. Um, but companies um, not offering at the at the at the right level. Um, yeah. I think we went through a period of time, didn't we, in the last yeah. six months of last year, where salaries settled, yeah. and they actually we, we saw candidates taking. Um, jobs even unless that they were on. That, that they were that they were already on, which sounds mad because we were going through a crisis of cost of living, but there was less jobs out there. So yeah. that's naturally what you see when the market becomes that way, where there's less jobs, yeah. um, but there's more candidates. So we saw people 
um, moving for less than ten percent of an increase, sometimes a bit less. But those um, the, 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 those candidates that were getting fifteen, twenty percent, you know, twelve months ago, increase on the basics, that yeah. kind of died a death, didn't it? Yeah. Um, we've seen some experiences where companies have not been offering um, at the right yeah. level, which has had its challenges. Yeah, Mike, it's a really, really great point. And just to be clear from um, from my side, I definitely don't want to be speaking about this in the sense of, um, you know, companies are offering less because, you know, this is what they are wanting to be doing and all that. The example that I probably want to be getting into is just on the back of an interview process that's been conducted, there's been complete transparency from the candidate in terms of initially looking to understand what they are looking for or um, to be recruited for the position. Um, The information's been clear, you know, the company is fully um, aware of what the salary expectations are to be able to candidate. And then um, at the end of the recruitment process, ultimately offering, you know, uh, less than what the candidate is expecting. And, you know, this is, you know, um, as, as, as happened quite a, quite a, you know, obviously first time for myself, but, you know, um, we're definitely seeing this creep in, um, you know, and it's all about what that impact has, you know, yeah. um, negatively. Ultimately, there is no way to, to, to frame this in a positive one. Yeah. Negative impact that that has on, on the candidate when they do receive the job offer. So the the experience of this that I've seen yeah. in, in recently is yeah. here's a salary offer. Yeah. Let us know what the what candidate say. says. There might yeah. be some, there is some, no, not there might be, there yeah. is some room for yeah. negotiation. Yeah. Right. So, Fortunately, they're working with a recruitment partner that yeah. was able to handle Find this situation. Yeah. But had that process been managed directly, yeah. I think the candidate would have exited the process on the basis that he would feel that they were undervaluing him. Yeah, Not necessarily the company's fault um, because they're operating in a way that they feel is commercially astute however market conditions loads going on advice to companies ask candidate what's what salary expectations are really understand that understand the reasons behind it in the first interview recap it in the second interview um find out what else they've got going on what 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 those jobs are doing what what they're paying work the recruitment partners to make sure that the offer you put out there is one that's going to be works for you, but it's going to be acceptable to the candidate because the market conditions are just too fast paced and volatile for yeah. um, anything other than that. If, you, if you're coming in trying to get um, candidates at the lower end of your range for a multitude of reasons and yeah. some, 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 you, you may you know, be in a situation where you, you, you need to do that from a commercial perspective. And Mike, what usually happens is, you know, candidates ultimately feel undervalued. You know, it's, uh, there's no, um, there is no getting away from that, you know, from a candidate perspective, um, you want them to have, this is the best part that they've been waiting for. You know, they're finally getting the job offer that they've been really excited. And when they aren't off salary and they've been clear, they've been transparent through well, yeah. you know, it just makes them feel uneasy really. And that's not the kind of feeling that you want, um, you know, when you are starting a new job, when you're joining a business, because, Candidates don't forget that kind of thing, you know. They, you know, some some people in some instances, you know, I've taken things like that, um, you know, quite personal. So, um, yeah, I've definitely seen that, you know, creep up, and uh, um, yeah, it's 
it's not been it's not allowed us to to work the best way effectively within this market yeah cool well that brings us to the end of the podcast really good conversation that sam thought it was great and hopefully the um listeners will get a lot from it loads of actionable tips in there and as we said at the beginning guys these these are our experiences that we wanted to share with you there's a huge amount of companies that are recruiting amazingly well um but we thought this would um this type of podcast did give people a lot of value so hopefully you've all got a lot from it Mike, really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, I think we went into quite a few points, loads of live examples um, in this very fast-paced January. But I'm hoping that you know I'm quite confident that people will hopefully take what they can out of. There are loads of companies doing great stuff. There's loads of success stories, uh, but yeah. you know on the other end there are some 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 challenges. So hopefully that's been enjoyable for everyone. Great. Okay. Well, thanks everyone, and we look forward to bringing another episode to you next week. Cheers. See you soon.